0: Hello and welcome to the Analytics Show, the podcast of business through the lines of data science. Together, we'll dive into learning and sharing where various industries are heading and how data and analytics is at the heart of shaping business growth and productivity. Let's spot different ways of thinking about data and analytics that is relevant to you and prepare your business for future disruption. I'm your host, Jason Tan, I'm delighted you could make it on this journey with us. Hey guys, to continue to get support tips, techniques and tools and learn from the expert, hit that subscribe button wherever you are so we can keep in touch and continue our lifelong learning together. So are you using your company data to its full potential? Take our embedded analytic assessment, find out your score. A leading organization like Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google have moved beyond dashboard and embedded data science directly into their daily business operation. With our three-minute test, you will discover your potential in optimizing customer experience and revenue through embedded analytics. You will gain greater clarity, insight, and advice to embed analytics. Plus, you will receive customized results instantly. Find the link to this assessment in the description of this episode. Hello, 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 Carrie. Welcome to the Analytics Show podcast. So excited to have you here and finally chatting with you all the way from New Zealand. How are you today?
1: thank you Jason hello and how are you it's an absolute pleasure to be with you today it does seem a long time since we first chatted about um, about doing this show so it's awesome to be with you today
0: <laughs> well the pressure is mine now uh, I got some uh, question for you to to get this whole thing started so I'm gonna get start really live. I saw that you have been very active in uh, volunteering for various sport organisations including AFL New Zealand, Sports New Zealand. What, my, my question for you is where does this passion for sports come from?
1: Mm. Look Jason I think I've been lucky I've been playing sports since a very very early age so grew up playing sports with my with my parents and um, was a big part of of getting out there meeting new people um good part of sort of growing up um and uh so yeah i got involved with lots of different sports and so you know i, I think um for me I, I played i played international level lacrosse and coached international level um as well coached um, a few different international teams um But i suppose my passion for sports is it comes in sort of different forms yes i'm fascinated and i love learning to do new things really challenging myself physically and really just wondering how far i can possibly take something um but also i think the thing that's most interesting for me about sports is not so much about the playing but actually about the coaching My passion, if I had to choose, do you want to play sport or do you want to coach sport? um, My choice would always be coaching. Um, For since as long as I can remember, I started coaching, coaching lacrosse when I was 15 or 16 years old at school and I think I've always just been fascinated around how to create high performing teams and how to lead teams at different levels. Um, whether it's a grassroots you know under 16s team um, or whether or not it's an international senior women 's team so um, or whether that's an analytics team um, I'm just always been really fascinated about what it takes to bring different groups of people together to to make them perform or help them perform at the, the highest possible level that they can that they can be um, So that's where my passion for sport has come from and I love, I've loved, you know, growing up learning and and from and reading about sports coaches and, you know, uh, Ralph Pym is, is one of these incredible guys that sort of talks about different types of skills, performance skills, moral skills. Um, and, you know, he introduced me to a lovely phrase, which sticks with me for a long, stuck with me for a long time around, you know, sport doesn't um, doesn't build character. It actually reveals it. Um, and I think that's something that I think has really sort of uh, yeah, yes, leading teams, growing teams, building teams is something that's really been um, a real passion for mine from, you know, since the age of sort of 15.
0: Wow we certainly have to talk a little bit more about that and uh, when you were describing all of those things it reminded me of a book that I read which is called trillion dollars coach uh, talking about Bill Campbell he is a sport coach um, in his early uh, early days of his career but uh, he is the coach for the people like Steve Jobs uh from apple eric uh smith sorry i have pronounced <laughs> with pronouncing the last name of eric smith from the google but he is the guy that <clears throat> a lot of these tech multi-billion dollars tech ceo that went to um looks like you're on the right path uh Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just uh,
1: I've always been fascinated around the, the things that you can take from the sports field um, you know, into the boardroom um, and, and, and what what can apply and what and what doesn't apply because not everything is automatically transferable and um, you're not mm. you're not always leading the all blacks, for example, you know, it, it, they're not they're not comparable when you sort of lead an analytics team, but there are lots of things that are are similar in, in what motivates or understanding you know, the importance of diversity, the importance of psychological safety, the importance of um, motivation and, and recognition and how to bring differences, different types of people together to really create um, a star team.
0: I think that cross-discipline uh, learning is so important. Now, there is one question that I have for you is Lacoste. When I was researching about uh, these interview, <laughs> <laughs> I actually had to Google what exactly is Lacoste. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, for the benefit of our listeners, do you mind to uh, quickly share what Lacoste is as as a sport? <laughs>
1: that, 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 yeah, that's absolutely fine, Jason. It's been a long time since I've retired from both playing and coaching. Um, <laughs> But um, it but uh, it's, so the sport is a is a North American um, First Nation um, uh, First Nation people sport, and um, it's one of one of its many names. Are, are I think is is the Um and it was played um, as a as a, I think it's a rite of passage sport and to help young men prepare for battle. This was the, the historical, the historical context of the sport. Um, yeah. And my, my understanding from the history or what I've been, what's been shared with me is, I think it was a French missionary saw the sport being played um, on on some of the plains in, in North America, on the Canadian North American border. Um, and, um, and coined the sport, or gave the name its sport or its western name lacrosse mm-hmm. um, and eventually that sport somehow um, somehow ends up in a, in, a, in a private girls' boarding school in Scotland, and suddenly um, you know the sport starts to grow in the UK through yes. um through the <laughs> and, and I ended up learning the sport you know at my boarding school down um mm-hmm. down in the uh down in the in down in Kent as I was growing up so it's a it's an unusual it's an unusual um and, and I suppose a different history to the to a sport but that's um that's my that's what, that's I think my knowledge of, um, of where it, where the sport came from.
0: I, I'll make sure to put a link to, <laughs> to, 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 to the spot of this one to let people know more about it. Now, yeah,
1: hopefully, oh, I've, hopefully I've got my facts right. Hopefully I've <laughs> got my facts
0: right. <laughs> uh, now, of all of these uh, volunteering experience in all of these sport organisations, mm. anything in particular stuck with you to this
1: day, yeah i think um you know when i when i retired from from coaching i think what was and i just focused totally on my on my professional career and analytics i think what i what what was quickly kind of apparent for me is that i really enjoyed being able to share um share knowledge or share experience or be able to give back Um, Giving back has been a part of my, I suppose, upbringing. It's it's sort of really inbuilt in my DNA. And so um, when I stopped coaching and stopped contributing to community and um, through coaching or playing, um, I wanted to find a different way to to share that knowledge. And so um, I started to get involved with um, not for profit boards um, and, uh, and sharing initially my sporting experience and my sporting knowledge and that's how I got involved with AFL New Zealand. Um, but as you get involved with the board um, at different on different types of boards what you start to realise is actually you start to contribute around that board table using some of your other professional skills as well. Mm-hmm. So and that's when sometimes and that's when my you know, I get to share some of my knowledge around you know analytics um, and that's really now where I want to start to um, or want to continue how I support New Zealand organizations on advisory and um, advisory boards um, or not-for-profit board boards um, supporting them through my knowledge with analytics and, and emerging technologies and helping organizations make um, the right decisions um, and that, that are getting tougher and tougher around how to use data uh, and what's ethical usage of data and and, and helping them um, I suppose explore uh, explore how they can do that for um, you know you know to help to help those organizations grow and, and improve in terms of their their performances
0: well it has been great to know to get to know you at some of your personal uh, life and experience but uh, on the move into the professional work um, and share a little bit more about uh, a lot of the things that I'll be asking you today. Um, Shall we start with, uh, tell us a little bit more about your current role as the general manager of analytics and insight at Countdown Supermarkets.
1: Yeah, okay, sure. So Countdown is um, a retail, uh, grocery retailer in, in New Zealand, it's it's one of the two um, major operators um, in New Zealand. Countdowns actually part of the wider Woolworths Group, um, which is Australian owned. So it's a part of a very very large organisation. I think total up. I think Woolworths Group you know, is constantly expanding. I think it it's probably over and above you know two hundred thousand people um, you know across Australia and New Zealand um, but just in New Zealand with um, where we're 21,000 people um, 18,000 or not you know 18 to 19,000 of, the, to the, of those people are you know at our front line um, you know in our stores or in our supply chain or working in our DCs and we've got about 2,000 people supporting the operation you know from a um, in our support office in Mungaree in, in Favona um, and also it um in our digital office in, in, in Ponsonby. And so um yeah there's we've got in terms of what does that look like and, and who um how we're made up. So uh, we've got about 190 stores across both the North Island and the South Island. So um we're, we've also got a franchise business as well, so we've got 190 countdown stores, and then we've got a franchise business that covers two other banners called um, Super Value and Fresh Choice, uh, and so they are sort of smaller, um, smaller size stores, um, and we've got about 72 of those. We've also got a wholesale business in in New Zealand. Um, and um, we've got also got a Vine online, so a wine and sort of um, an alcohol standalone alcohol uh, banner, um, and, and we've also got a digital media um, banner as well called Cartology, um, which provides opportunities for suppliers to access and, and reach customers through install media, digital install media, um, and also through our some of our online um, our online banners as well. So it's. Um, it's, it's definitely we're definitely a lot a lot more than just um, 190 countdown stores it's it's we've yes. got our uh, dist- distribution centers we own the last mile uh, in terms of that delivery network and um, as mm. well as really i suppose owning that end to end supply chain from basically from farm to farm to fork as we like to say <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it is a massive massive business and one thing that I always love about finding out all oh, these things is sometimes they are so much bigger, wider and deeper than we really thought it is. Um, as, as, as a general manager of the analytics and insight, must be a massive role. Tell us a little bit more about your role in where it fits in, in the business
1: yeah it's a it's that's a it's a really good question I think a lot of um, people in a similar position or a similar role to me will have will report into lots of different types of chiefs and um, and so uh, some people will report into a chief financial officer or a chief digital officer um, but I'm actually reporting into um, effectively our chief strategy and transformation officer so in in our we'll work in our countdown business that's the director of strategy and transformation and um, and so i sit inside or analytics and insights sits within the strategy and transformation part of our business for me um that's a fantastic opportunity okay and the reason why you know i advocate and i'm a real champion of that is because we sit next to a couple of really important functions um, in our organizations the strategy part of our function and if you want to deliver good work and if you want to make sure you're doing valuable work as an analytics team. You want to be doing things that are strategically aligned to the organization and so being sitting in the same room as our strategy my strategy colleagues really enables us to do that they have us front of mind when they're thinking about strategy um, and then the other part of the business that we sit very, very close to within the strategy and transformation team is our um is our agile transformation partners. And so um it's it's really important that um, data and analytics is really closely dovetailed into um you know fundamentally how um changing how we um how we operate as an organization and being very close to our our agile partners again enable us to do that really well so in terms of the size of the team we've got about 70 people across um across the analytics and insights team we've got um what i like to call a full stack analytics capability we, we own the full data supply chain in many instances so we've got a fantastic master data team um, which which looks after and, and enriches a lot of our product information that our suppliers give to us. And um, that product information is so important um, because it's what enables, um, you know, the information to appear on the website or information to appear on, on tickets in store. We get, if we get that information wrong, um, you know, we, we can be, you know, have a compliance issue, um, but we've also got, we, you know, we'll also have a, you know, if we have lack of information as well, that's a real problem. For our customers as they're trying to search and try to find information about product so we've got our master data team we've got our data excellence team that looks after data quality data governance and um, all of these really important topics that's a good size team and um, with, with, with good strong executive support um, we, we've also got a, a strategic insights chapter okay so they they work it's they're they're all they are all about turning the data into into action and recommendations being able to sit side by side with um, with senior leaders to help interpret that, that information um, we've got experts in data visualization um, we've got experts in in data science and advanced analytics and we've got a, a really strong data engineering practice and um, that mm-hmm. are, are both very expert in sort of that data pipelining work, but also some of that more emerging area or at least emerging for us in that ML ops space as um, and so they're sort of us. I suppose our two sort of disciplines within our data engineering area. So hopefully I haven't missed everyone anyone um, yeah. any anyone out. <clears throat> yeah.
0: I don't Um. think you have. (laughs) Now I think you you highlighted two important keywords that I really want to cover in this podcast interview and those two keywords being strategy and transformation. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to go with the transformation first and then we'll come back to strategy. Um, So in terms of the transformation, I suppose, Anyone who has worked in the grocery store, um, retailer, supermarket like Kau woolies like you suggest, like you say, you are no stranger using the data for the operational analytics to gain insight at all, um, and you you are already doing all of those things for years, um, as 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 early as we we know about data, <laughs> more than decades ago, right? And you touch on the ML ops little bit i um so my, my question then is apart from all those operational analytics would you share a little bit more about what is the next frontier in using all of these emerging technology ml um in in to serve and improve the performance in in your industry
1: mm-hmm. i i think um wh- one of the fantastic things about working not just at countdown but at the in the wider woolworths um in the wider woolworths group yeah. is that right from the very top of our organization um, there is a strong and highly articulate um belief that our biggest problems are going to be solved with ai ml and other types of, of analytics. Um, now i just think that that is um such a huge statement and um, for 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 you know for our executive right you know right from the very top and it really sets a tone that flows through the whole organization it's it's that um we look for opportunities for how ai and ml and advanced analytics can help us solve some of those problems um and um, they're not necessarily they're not they're not sort of considered crazy. Um, if um, they're considered, you know, reasonable um, opportunities to improve supply tone, ref- you, uh, improve customer experience. Um, I think that look, I think one of the big areas where we really want to be leading out on in the usage of ai is in our um is in our sustainability is mm. our, in our area we, we've got a we've got a, an important we've got a, an important strategies around um good and green for, for aotearoa for good and green for for new zealand and so you know we're looking at ways and partnering with organizations like google to you know look at how do we re- how do we use um analytics of different types of analytics, and to reduce food waste to help us with sustainable sourcing with the decarbonization of, um, of our operation, you know, how do we use analytics and advanced analytics with some of our, ch- you know, with um, energy management, refrigeration um, yeah. and things like this. I, so I think, yes, you can do some amazing things with AR, and um, you know and, and customer experience and you know and the and what's on the smartphone and 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 wayfinding and all of those amazing things, but I think for for us. Good and green for, for New Zealand good and green sustainable. Practices is so important for New Zealanders um, that that's where I think is a is a real opportunity for us to use, you know, to use different types of analytics to. Not just make a difference for um, for our customers today but make a difference for you know the next generation of customers tomorrow.
0: Absolutely I love love that I think that whole idea about how we use technology for good within the organization is so appealing what exactly is that outcome right um, I want to continue to set the scene about these conversations how we use analytic to do various things. Um, so my next question is also related to the, the other keyword that I was referring to, which is strategic. And what I refer by that is, I, I think you guys are going from what I observe as an outsider, I feel like you guys are taking a lot of strategy move, um, especially in these very competitive industry where there are so many startups uh, this day that uh, moving into the grocery industry, like, you know, the grocery the delivery, the ride-sharing, Uber is eating the lunch a little bit, uh, ultra-fast deliveries, something that I'm still trying to get my head around, um, to have everything delivered in 15 minutes. Um, but, and all of them, they are Really coming to the market to challenge the status quo, and it's not just in Australia, but it's happening around the world. So my, my question then is how how do you how do you and the organisation view and plan to fend off this sort of competition?
1: Yeah, um, look, I, I'm not sure if I'm absolutely. Um, completely well positioned to to answer and um, answer that question but w- what I can I suppose what I can say is that um I, the, the way that I experience the organization and the way that as a leader I try to work with my team is to to bring that innovation mindset and um, we see the we see the, the progress in the ultra fast convenience. We see we've got um you know different types of lockers um that people can pick up and you know they can they can get their their groceries in, in the ways that make sense for them. Um, if it's pickup in store, if it's pick up um you know pickup lockers if it's same-day delivery and um, we've even got sort of express pickup options and, and and there'll be more and more sort of ultra convenience options that are that are constantly being um brought to the table. I think there's one called direct boot. So you just drive through and someone, you know, pop your shopping into the boot. So the the number of options is 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 ever growing. Um, I think um I think that and so we are constantly innovating and, and trying things out. Um, I think the key is trying to work out where are some of those value propositions to customers best placed and um, because what might be applicable you know to a a highly urban environment in Auckland might not necessarily be valued by a customer base in you know parts of the South Island they're very different communities yeah. with a very different with a very different need. And so um, it's not a one size fits all, it's understanding the customer, it's understanding what they value, it's bringing that test and learn mindset. It's, um, it's about saying, yes, we can, let's try it. Um, and doing some of that. Those, those, the analysis around where do we think this proposition could, um, would, be best, um, would be best received by customers? And, and trying some things, trying some different things out. Um, the other thing that I can see from our from our Woolworths group in in New Zealand is the desire to grow our ecosystem. Um, and you can see the Woolworths group. You know, we have our Big W. College Pet Culture has just joined. Um, the, you know the Woolworths family, um, and I think that's only a good thing for customers as they start to be able. Um, to get, you know, there's an aspect of the data that sits behind that. Um, and mm. customers being able to get, um, you know, improved customer experiences, more personalized offers across the whole ecosystem. I think that's the, that's the, that's the possibility, right?
0: Yeah. Hey all I just want to give a quick shout out about this episode. It's sponsored by the Embedded Analytic Program at DDA. And the Embedded Analytics program is designed for senior manager and executive in the business team who want to integrate data science into daily business operation and use it to drive customer experience excellence and revenue and book unlimited strategy session for a full year and start embedding analytics into the business frontline. for more information about this program Please refer to the description of this episode. Now, let's get on back to the interview. Thanks for sharing all of this context. Now, my question then for you is how would this innovation and how would this business strategy translate into your team from the perspective of data, analytics, AI, uh, emerging technology in terms of the role that they play?
1: Yeah, look, I think um, there is no <laughs> there is no end to um, the enthusiasm of our organization to use data. OK, there is no end. This The appetite is insatiable. OK, and it's um, so there is very little selling that I need to do internally around getting people excited about how they can use mm. data in different ways. As I said, it that comes that tone has been very much set from the top. And, um, and so I think the challenge for us is being able to provide analytics to support different types of decision making at different different cadences, um, as rapidly as possible, and um, to the quality that is required. Um, and I think that's a very very typical um, challenge that analytics teams have so um, we might be doing some hypothesis testing um, for a new product, or we might be trying you know, there might be some digital optimization work that the team might be doing on with our um, you know with our website working out whether or not we need to um, you know, we need to change this this hero graphic or change the global navigation or you know where to put a particular logo and will that impact negatively on customer experience so there is no end to um, the desire to to use analytics to improve customer experience to improve operational and um, effectiveness to improve productivity it's literally and um, it's we, sometimes we, it's it's about choosing the right piece of work it's, it's about choosing the right um the most impactful piece of work uh, and i think that's often the challenge that um me and some of my leadership team are presented with um, most days so <laughs> it now could be anything
0: <laughs> now, now it's great that they is is not a difficult sell to to the business to adopt more insight and uh, adopt more data. But do you think, is it enough in there? Or do you think we can push them a little bit further to think outside the box to say, how can they innovate and how, how can they innovate using data? that is beyond them just the insight, beyond them just the the basic data and come out something new, whether it is reinventing the revenue model, whether it is reinventing the product structure or or the business model, um, that that they can actually achieve more if they were thinking about all of this data they have got and all of these emerging technology that it is so widely available now. How, how do you encourage them to, to, to take further? Like, and an example of that would I would use, I think it's so easy for us to, to say, well, Amazon create these people who buy A um, will also likely to buy B. It's no brainer, right? I, I think it's easy for us to say, say that, but for the first tiny to come out, I think, that was that was not easy. My question then is: How do we? How do we? How do you en- en- encourage them to go further, become, out uh, this sort of thing that that is really utilizing the data and the analytic to go further, Mouse. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Look, I think um, i recently used a phrase. Uh, I, I'll tell you the story a little bit and and I'll come back to it, but I, re- I recently used the phrase and was it data superpowers or supercharges, fuels an organization, but relationships grease it. Okay, it greases relationships actually grease the wheels of the mm-hmm. organization. And I think when you're, um, when you're an analytics leader, one of the big jobs that you have is to create those trusted relationships, inside the business you have to deliver the everyday analytical value in order to then be able to get your business stakeholders to trust you sufficiently to go another step further to say right i don't want um and an example of that is a little bit of um, innovation that the team has been experimenting with and it it is very much an experiment um, Mm -hmm we um the t- a few of the, the 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 younger members or the the, the uh, of our team decided to go out on to do be part of the ai forums in via hackathon um event a few weeks ago and so they got the opportunity to do a two-day hackathon and they um they created a a prototype around a, a rat de- detection or a pest detection system okay wow. um, and and that was for a specific problem that um that uh that the waiheke waiheke island has over here they they want to be pest free um, and so anyway that aside they put together a fantastic um you know presentation pack for that which i shared with our md And then I shared with it with a couple of other people in the business. And I said, is this in any way of interest to you? And, and a couple of people who, you know, I had got those relationships, those trusted relationships with actually said, yes, we could apply a similar kind of idea, but apply it in a different way. And so you've got to have a couple of things. You've got to have people that are willing to think a little bit differently, that have got those open minds, that are willing mm. to be a little bit courageous and give something a go. Um, and I think you've also got to have, um, you know, people that are, are willing, you know, that don't mind if we're going to fail, but we're going to time box that period under which we're going to experiment. And um, and so I think. Um, that's, I think, I suppose, a way that I'm helping our teams innovate and, and, and experiment and, and, and into using different types of technology. But also it's those relationships, those everyday relationships, um, the communi- your internal communications plan, if you like, mm. um, that, allow- that gives you the opportunity to even present um, a different type of idea. Um, and we're trying this out with a few different you've got to earn the right right you have to earn the right to to get up the value chain and i think um and it takes a little while to do that and you need to get some wins under your belt and you need to share those wins in order to earn the right to take the next step to do the to do the slightly more um innovative um activity
0: so many things to unpack in there. <laughs> but the first thing first, I want to talk about if there is a way to, to describe your leadership style. What would you say that describe your leadership within your team who, who has that sort of an endorsement to say, let's try to put data and analytics across the organization? What is your leadership style to encourage? the innovation of the data yeah. And, yeah
1: there's a few different things in there let, let us um, talk about that relationships part and what gives you the right you know what gives mm-hmm. you the right to put a an innovative solution on the table to someone you know it's those rela- it's the relationships how do you build a relationship you know and this goes back to some of the things that I learned when I was you know when I was at, at PwC c- consulting you've got to understand what keeps your client, what keeps your stakeholder up at night. You've got to be able to walk, you know, a mile or a kilometer in their shoes. You've got to sit, you've got to understand what their goals are, what they're trying to achieve, what's getting in their way. And then my job or, or some of my leaders jobs is to work out how does analytics help you solve some of those problems? OK, Have, and, and that's it's it's taking the time to understand their world and and talk the language of the business. And um, that's absolutely critical. And so, you know, what is my leadership style? I think I am a relationship builder. I love learning about what keeps people up at night. You know, I like understanding you know, what people what are the results, what are the goals people are wanting to achieve? Um, My style is energetic. Uh, I bring a lot of passion for for solving problems. And I'm proud to say that I am positively dissatisfied with the status quo. Um, I think people would describe me as a little bit of an organizational rebel, an agitator. You know, someone that is demanding it can be better. We can do more, we can do better, okay? and and so I suppose that drives me a lot and I hope well, the often the feedback when I get it right, the feedback is that energy is infectious Okay, mm. when I get it. Um, and and I suppose what drives me, why do I want to do that? I, I just I, I want people to do meaningful work. I want the team to work on things that are making a difference to others Um and so. By me building the relationships, understanding what keeps our stakeholders up at night, I can make sure that the team, that the problems that the team are solving are the ones that are that are that are meaningful and will make a difference. Um, and I think um, that yeah, that that is that brings a lot of satisfaction to me.
0: As you are coaching and mentoring your team, and training them up to the next generation of the leader. How do you pass on all of this knowledge <laughs> that you just share with me to to them, especially uh, all of these technical, technical people where a lot of these things don't come naturally to them? Yeah,
1: different ways. I think I have to ask some of my leadership team um uh how, how that's working out for them. Um I think um I've got a c I've got a, a bunch of mantras that we sort of go to you know this is what we believe in. These are the values of our team this is what we stand for, you know. Um and I think those mantras help that you know me being consistent about what we're trying to achieve. Um So a couple of those, um, some of those will be things like stop starting and start finishing. Um, Do what you say you're going to do. Um, It's your professional responsibility to have an opinion. Um, Things like this, okay? Um, So we have these mantras. um, We have got some, we've got some externally facing goals and we have some internally facing goals. Um, things around um how we're going to drive value to the mm. organization like we talk about value a lot we talk about you know what's the outcome outcomes over output um and i just i, I suppose i keep coming back to this you know what i i suppose what i um the playbook almost the things that have the things that are um we just keep on reiterating, you know, are we solving the right problem? Are we asking the clarifying questions? Um, are we setting clear expectations um, for stakeholders, for the team? Um, are we, uh, uh, and we question ourselves whether or not we're working on the, on the right things. Um, I mean, that's, I suppose the things that I sort of reiterate over and over and over again, and um, so that's probably a bit like a broken record sometimes. Um, but I want the team to understand that I'm not, not we're not we're not chopping and changing all the time. This is the direction. Um, and at the same time, there are obviously some very solid, hard skills that team need to learn around communication, around influence, around setting up. Um, uh, action-oriented data visualizations and um, that drive action and um, and we commit to you know um, extensive professional development in that area because we want our team members to stay and grow their careers over the long term with mm. Countdown um, and we want people to have a passion for um, the passion for grocery retail we want them to have a passion for our business and we want to have a passion for the things that keep our stakeholders up at night and so we also train and teach people about the 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 strategic direction of the organization and we we share we spend a lot of time um talking about the industry and getting people to deeply understand the ins and outs of the grocery industry Um, and so you know so there's some, some a lot of there's some formal training um, and there's some informal you know on the job coaching um which you know we all as a leadership team i've got um about 12 people in my leadership team we all take you know different types of responsibility for
0: great stuff um, what do you think is one key lesson that you want to share when when passing on the that uh, are better to your to your successor
1: yeah um goodness there's there's so many right um and, and and obviously every person they the idea is that they should build on hopefully build on and um, what the next person you know what the previous person has has done um and, and rather than sort of telling them you know what what to do but i suppose one of the one of the the lessons that I've learned over you know, over my career is that and then um, I'm going to steal a phrase from someone else and I'm going to steal a phrase from from a, from a, a fantastic guy called Scott Frierson, who's based out in the States and. And if there's one thing that I could share with the next person, it's 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 this phrase, which is do good work, show the good work, OK? Because as an analytics leader, your tenure in the organization will not be very long if you don't show the business impact and the value that you are delivering on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. And so we do that explicitly. We do that in different ways um, and we do it consistently Um, and so that would be the one thing I think we've got to be better for as, a, as, as analytics leaders of showing the impact and the work that the, 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 the team is doing and the difference the team is making. Um, it's good for them, but it's fantastic
0: for the business as well. Wonderful, wonderful. One last question before we go to the final two. Anything else that we'd like to share about you? Well, can I please give you a plug? uh or the
1: company uh a oh look um, yes okay I, I will i i will yes i think um if you are if you are a highly motivated motivated analytics professional um or a data professional and you want to come and work in a fast paced (laughs) exciting environment then connect with me on linkedin and let me know because we'd love to hear from you we love bar raisers we want people to come in come and join our team culture put the we before me and help us raise the bar i love it i
0: love it make sure to share the LinkedIn profile um, and also the company uh, website in, in, into the article and uh, also the shout out. Um, so here are my final two questions. The first one being, what is your most important first principle?
1: Oh, goodness. Um, yeah, I think I might've mentioned it already. I think it's, you've got to put the team first and it's a, it's a little bit, you know, I think, I was thinking about this, and i was expect I expect some of the audience or or maybe you, Jason, would expect me to say something like "Show me the data <laughs> um, <laughs> and thats my first principle of uh you know, show me the data um but i but I think you know there's lots of people in our organization that that say that um you know for me it's about um you know, helping the team deliver fantastic work, uh, you know, being a team first leader, uh, that that's, I think my guiding, it's my guiding principle as a leader, it, it really is. And of all the things that keep me up at night, um, I wonder if my team is happy, um, and, uh, I, and I wonder what I can do to, to help them feel more satisfied in the work that they're doing. And I, and I, and I worry that the, you know, th- what keeps me up at night is, you know, are we doing, are we working on the most important things? Um,
0: mm. I agree with that. I, being a data person, I actually don't think the right way to say is sell me the data, I think <laughs> the way is what exactly is the problem you are trying to solve
1: nice.
0: and, and looking back the data will, will come we will we'll find the right to support to solve to solve
1: that problem i think there's
0: a better way <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah my last question for you what is one book that you have read and thought it would have been better for your younger self to have
1: oh yes now this was a challenge this was a challenge for me after <laughs> thinking about this question and um, i listened to a lot of books i've listened to a lot of books over the years um but um I think something that I wished I'd known about earlier and read about earlier is um Dan Harris's um 10% happier. Um Dan Harris Dan Harris was is a journalist um an American journalist on on one of the major networks over in over in the states and he's got a very interesting journey around having a, a bit of an anxiety attack while he was actually while he was while he was live delivering the news and that was a profound uh, moment for him in his career and it led him on this personal quest around um you know seeking out greater happiness and so he's basically created a, a separate business and a separate organization called 10 Percent happier which is focused around meditation and um, and so his i wished i had known i've been practicing now for about four months and i wished i had known about it when i was much younger and that's that would be the thing if that would be the gift i would give i would
0: give my younger self the practice of
1: meditation
0: i found that i have different way doing the meditation i I'm obviously not the person who's gonna sit there for 10 minutes (laughs) to do the meditation. That is too challenging for me. But I actually find that um, there are different ways that I can do meditation differently. And one being yoga and second cycling Um, is about getting into that flow and that rhythm where I am just thinking about Doing that one thing, but nothing else, and breathe. That is my way of meditation.
1: <laughs> I think I, I think that sounds absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think you, we we all find our our own way to 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 disconnect and to recharge, and that sounds like a, a really wonderful way of doing that, Jason.
0: Exactly, exactly. There are always thousands of ways doing the same thing. Hey. Um, but thank you so much, Carrie, for uh, sharing uh, all of these things uh, about what you do at Cowdowns. I certainly have learned so many different things um, and also helped me to look at uh, a lot of these things in a very, very different perspective. I am uh, certainly sure that a listener will find the same. Once again, thank you so much.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure, Jason. I've really enjoyed. Um, I've really enjoyed this podcast and also the preparation and the and the, and effort for it as well. It's um it's always a pleasure to connect. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me.
0: Hello. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit that subscribe button so we can meet again. If you don't, I'll be stuck in an infinite loop. So pull that part by clicking the subscribe and help me out. You can further support us by leaving us a kind of review from wherever you are listening at the end of the year i will choose a reviewer to send a special gift to and it might just be you I look forward to seeing you here next week for a new adventure if i can find my way out of this endless load. see ya